Why would a church set aside an entire month to, to just talk about the Great Commission, to talk about missionaries and all of this? Uh, what's the basis for doing this? Why, why would we uh, go and print a book and talk about faith promise giving? Why, why make such a big deal of it? And I, I believe the answer is simple. Um, the answer is simply that God wants us to. God wants us to, and he's made it clear for us. He's written it down in his word. I just want to, I want you to see this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2, because it's going to help us. It's going to help you. Uh, so let me, let me read it. You all can follow along. I want to explain some things tonight. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, this passage tells us what God's will is. It really tells us what God's will is for us, what God's will is for the church. Um, so often we will get confused as to, I just, I just can't figure it out. I just don't know what God wants for me. And oftentimes we're looking for what God wants for us in a career, in a relationship, in some pursuit that we have. God wants this like picture-perfect life for me. Um, but what, how we actually find what God wants for us is very clearly in Scripture. He, he tells you what He wants because uh, He has something that He wants that are important to Him. So uh, in, in, second, uh, I'm sorry, in 1 Timothy 2, he begins with the topic of prayer. And he says, I exhort, I encourage you that first of all, and he goes into these different words he talks about prayer. First he says, supplications. And he says, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men's. Uh, so uh, supplications, what that word is, it's just a request or a petition. There are some things that God wants you to ask him about, to petition him about. Some things that we don't currently have, some things that he wants us to pray about. And he, he says, it's interesting, you know, if we say, I just don't know what I'm supposed to pray about. Well, he's about to tell us what he wants us to pray about, okay? Uh, sometimes we don't have to wonder or, or worry how to pray. He tells us how to pray. So this word supplications is a request or a petition. He says, uh, first of all, supplications and then prayers. Uh, in the Bible, the word prayer is simply the word to ask. Uh, it's very similar to supplications, uh, but this emphasizes an earnest asking. There's something he wants you to care about when you ask him. There's something he wants you to be serious about. He wants, you to, he wants it to matter to you. It's not a matter of a vain repetition. We're just like saying, Lord, this, you know, like when we pray for our food, uh, thank God for our food sometimes. It, sometimes that can become, hey, we're just doing it because we have to. Now, this is a prayer, an earnest prayer, something that's important to us, important to God. And then he says, intercessions. Uh, intercessions is uh, prayer on behalf of others. It's when we go to God and we're asking some things, clearly here earnestly, 
petitioning him, not for ourselves. Um, you know, there's one passage in the Bible that says we have not because we ask not. And then it says we have not because we ask amiss that we can consume it upon our lusts. Oftentimes we pray for things just because we want them. We want them. Well, this is something God's asking you to pray for, not for you. Uh, it's for someone else. It's an intercessory prayer. And then he says, and uh, this prayer should be made this giving of thanks. The idea is it's a prayer of gratitude. Uh, it's a prayer, you know, when we, when we pray to God, we... We, don't, we should not pray in a greedy way, We're like, God, give us, give us, give us. Um, this is a prayer of, God, you are so good to us already. Thank you for who you are, for what you are, because God is gracious to us. Um, the fact that he would, uh, while we were yet sinners, still love us. You know, God doesn't just like you when you're all cleaned up and good. He likes you right where you are. He likes you in your very worst day, your very worst regret of your life. He says, I love you still. And uh, God is good to us, so we can pray to him with gratitude. But he says, I want you to pray. I want you to uh, bring in some supplications to me on behalf of who? And uh, in verse 1 he says, these things are to be made for all men. Um, this is one of those times where God says to pray for everyone, for the whole world. And uh, it's, it's a great reminder that God's care, his span of care, who he cares about is everyone. Uh, it's universal. It's a universal care. It's not people that look like you. It's not people just from where you're from. It's not a certain income. It's not a certain color. It's not any of that stuff. Um, it doesn't matter if they live in a house made of sheet metal in the Philippines or they live in a mansion here in the United States. He, he asks us to go before him and ask for something for everyone. But then he begins to get more specific. Uh, not only is it everybody, but it's also for kings, in verse number two, and for all that are in authority. Uh, he starts talking about those that are in governmental leadership. You know, here we would, we would think about our president, uh, praying for the president, praying for the vice president, praying for those that are in Congress, praying for our governor, praying for those that are in our state leadership, praying for our local leaders. This is pray for all that are in authority over you. So he asked us to go, for, go before God to pray for all these people. Well, why? Why, why would we pray for people? And he gives uh, three reasons why we pray for people. I want you to listen to these three reasons. The first one is so that we can continue to live for Christ in this world. Uh, let me show it to you in the end of verse 2. He says that the reason why you're praying is that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Part of the reason we pray for our rulers and we ask God to give the president direction and we're going to pray uh, soon, we pray for his salvation, is because God wants us to be able to function and live in, in the way that we are. We are probably right now living uh, in the answered prayers of people of the past, that there is a country where you can pray freely. You can preach freely, you can live freely. That is, uh, I, I believe we're benefiting from somebody else's prayer that's answering this. We get this to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We can live for Christ in this world. Uh, we, the other reason that we pray is in verse number three. The Bible says, For this, this praying for others, for the kings, for all that are in authority, for all men, is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. God is pleased when we pray for people, when we go on their behalf before Him. And when we do it earnestly, 
He says it's good, it's acceptable, it's pleasing. There are certain things in this life that we can do uh, that please God, and there are certain things we do that don't please Him, okay? This is one of those things that please Him. And then he goes on uh, the third reason that we should be praying for these people. Uh, it's in verse number four. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? Why are we petitioning God? Why are we going to Him on behalf of others? Why are we having uh, earnest prayer? Why are we praying for the kings? Why are we praying for all that are authority? It's because God's will is that they be saved. That's why we pray for them. We're asking God to save them. We're asking God to send a missionary to them or to send us to them or to send somebody else to them uh, to open up an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. That's what we're praying for. Um, God's will for every person is found in verse number four. Uh, if you say, I don't, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know what God wants for people. Here's, here's it, plain and clear, clear as day. It says, who will? This, this one who says it's ex- good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, this God our Savior who will, who wants, who desires to have all men be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Save from what? Let's get a little audience participation. Hell. Save from hell. That's right. God doesn't desire for any person to go to hell. Not one. He's not, he's not biased against any person. And um, when you go down, in, in, uh, down to verse number 6, the Bible says, who gave himself a ransom for all. That this God that's asking us to pray for people, that he made it possible uh, this prayer that he, he made it possible to be answered because he went and he paid the penalty. He paid the price. Um, and, and the thing is that the, the world is somehow deceived into believing that sin is a made-up concept these days. It's not real. It's just what you think, but it's not the truth. It's maybe your truth, but it's not the truth. That, that sin is made up. It's not real. And so that heaven is not real and hell is not real. And but that's just not the case. Uh, this is God's word, and, and we don't get to make this up. God wants every person to be saved. And then he says he wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the truth? Okay. Yeah. Look in verse number five. Specifically in this passage, the Bible says, For there is one God. Only one. We, we just heard a testimony of how she went into the city, and the church that was in the city, they had gods, if you heard her, plural, gods. That's not truth. The truth is there is one God. The Bible says there's one God, and there's one mediator between God and men. That means there's a go-between. Uh, Jesus Christ is the go-between between God and man. The Bible speaks of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, he came to earth and he stood in the place between uh, men and God. The fact was that we were separated by our sin. And Jesus came and he paid that ransom. And verse number six, who gave himself a ransom for all. Uh, the idea is that a ransom is a redemption price. It's a price paid to buy someone back. And God wants every single person to be saved and to know that truth. Every single one. Every single one. 
That's his will. That's what he wants. So when we ask ourselves, like, what does God want for me? He wants you to care about what he wants. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We're, 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 uh, that whole passage of Scripture in Matthew is talking about uh, not to be worrying about uh, what you put on or what you eat and all these things we worry about. We want to we worry about our retirement. We want to worry about our vacations. We want to worry about what we want to buy, uh, the job we keep, the promotion we want to get. All the while, we, we were paying attention to all the things. We didn't seek the, what was most important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what God wants is for all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. The truth is there's one God and there's one mediator. And I, I love this because when you think about a mediator, Jesus was the go-between. Uh, Jesus stood between God and us, and he brought us back together. He was a reconciler, okay? That's what that word means. Um, he sacrificed, he paid a price to bring us back to God. But in verse number 6, the Bible says, He gave Himself a ransom for all. For what purpose? To what end? To be testified in due time. See, what happens is we have this great example, the one that could uniquely pay for our sin. He was sinless. He was perfect. And He stood in the gap. He sacrificed, reconciling us back to God. And now God says, hey, I have a job for you to do. You are now to be a reconciler. You are now to stand in the gap. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, the Bible says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. See, God asks us to be Christ-like. That means we become an intercessor as we pray for others, as we work to bring others back to God. You understand? We have, we're a part in it as well. Jesus died and paid the price, and now we're the ones that get to s- spread the word, send the message, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.18. So Jesus sacrificed to bring us back to God, and God call, God's calling us to sacrifice ourselves. We sacrifice our energy and time. He's calling us here for intercessory prayer. He's calling us to bring um, supplications, giving of thanks for all men. Uh, in prayer and worship, uh, we do things like Missions Month. We say we're going to sacrifice so that we can do this ministry that God has given us, right? We know it's His will. We sacrifice our money. Uh, the Bible talks about, uh, you know, how are they going to go except they be sent, you know? Nobody's going to hear without a preacher. We got to send. Um, but oftentimes we got to go as well, you know? We, we go and we send. It's, it's something we do. We sacrifice our money. We sacrifice our energy, our time. But I believe what's most important, and uh, you're going to get there in the devotional, um, there's a passage in Corinthians about a church that was giving, and there's a phrase used that they first gave of themselves to the Lord. And before God's ever asking for your money, uh, He wants you. He, he, you're really not going to give Him your money if you haven't given Him your heart first. He wants... God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, I think we already went through this one in the, in the devotional. And the point is, really, if, if you're not able to give cheerfully, please don't. Like, that's what God says. He loves a cheerful giver. Not of necessity, not grudgingly. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. And, and it's amazing to see somebody like Bethany up here because she's so cheerful. 
Uh, she's like, I'm leaving here. I'm leaving my family. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get there uh, to go to a place where there's trash and like housing that's not good and all this stuff. And she's like, I can't wait to go. I mean, how many of you get excited to sit on the side of the road and wait to get a flat tire fixed so you can go and what, cross the river to go give people rice? I mean, is anybody here doing that? Are you excited about that? Like, it's just, but she does it with joy. And it's because she knows God's called her to that. And uh, it, it's, it's incredible. She has given herself to the Lord first. And, and that's really important. Jesus was a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And what that means is that in the proper time, this message will be made known through the whole world. And so that's why we do this. It is, I believe, God's intention that his sacrifice for mankind would be made available to everyone, everywhere, with nobody being unreached. And until that mission's done, we can't stop. We don't stop sending missionaries. Um, we, we, we don't stop calling people to go. We just can't stop. We have, the, the job isn't finished. 